Welcome everyone to Authors on the Air. I'm so happy to have you with me today because of a very special guest. Um, I'm Pam Stack, your host for today's episode. And with me is the absolutely glorious Jacqueline Winspear. Jacqueline, welcome to Authors on the Air. Thank you. I don't think anyone's ever called me absolutely glorious. So thank you so very much. That's so lovely of you. (laughs) You're so awesome. We're here to talk about your new book, The White Lady. Congratulations. You release, I know next month we're a little bit early on this, but better to get the word out and let everybody know ahead of time, those who haven't pre-ordered. I want to talk a little bit about the book first. This is not one of your character books. This is your standalone, Mm. correct? Yes. Yes. Is it my understanding that you started writing in the genre that you write it in that historical area because it comes from a very personal place for you with your grandfather, was it? Um, so, well, there is that connection. Uh, I, I started writing um, Maisie Dobbs, and, and it's really quite a big year in a way because this year is the 20th anniversary of, of Maisie Dobbs. I actually started writing fiction because literally, um, and I, I think I've, I, you might have heard this story, that um, I was on my way to work and I was stuck at a stoplight and, uh, you know, went into that little dream space that I have find it very easy to go into. <laughs> I'm a bit of a daydreamer. And um, literally this woman walked into my life and it was like watching a movie. Um, so much so that I pretty soon heard all this honking behind me and someone shouting out, are you waiting for any particular shade of green lady? You know? <laughs> That's a good, good, good one. I like that. Good, one, good way to start. And, and so off I sped. And by the time I got to work, I, I had this whole story in my head um, about Maisie Dobbs and rushed home. Couldn't wait to start writing. And I had never, ever written fiction before. <clears throat> but the thing is that I, I often refer to it as my moment of artistic grace. But I, those moments don't happen in a vacuum. And since I was a kid, I had been curious about the whole history of the Great War, how it differed from my parents' war, and particularly having seen, you know, my grandfather's wounds and, and, and how he dealt until he was until the day he died with the fact that he was still removing shrapnel from his legs that from wounds sustained in 1916 sure. at the Battle of the Somme. And, and, and of course, being female, one of the things that as I grew older really engaged me was the, the history of women in wartime. Yes. So, uh, so, you know, didn't know I'd ever do anything with it until that moment of artistic grace. <laughs> now, is it true that you were a journalist for a long time? Uh, no, I wasn't actually, uh, I didn't start life as a journalist. Um, I, I'd always wanted to be a writer. And then I got to the age of, oh gosh, about 35. Five, and I thought, and I was living in the United States, and I thought, you know what, it's, it's kind of now or never. I mean, get to grips. And um, I did a course at UCLA Extension on journalism. And I, 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 I didn't quite know what to do with that, but I started to try to get, and I wrote a few pieces. And then one day I happened to see uh, an advertisement in um, the, uh, in, in, in what was still then called the Manchester Guardian, and it was their international edition. And they wanted, uh, it was for a publishing company in the UK, they published edu- international educational journals, and, and, and they wanted a US correspondent. I originally trained to be a teacher. I knew how to write. Well, I thought I knew how to write, and I thought, I'm just going to apply for it. 
So I did. And I happened to be going back to England sort of like a week or two later uh, to see my mum and dad. And they said, well, could you come and see us? And I went to see and they said, well, let's give it a go. We gave it a go. And I ended up writing for them on assignment for the next 10 years. And my goodness. And, and of course, once you've got the clips, you can get more, more work. And right. I always had a day job. Pam I mean there was always a day I mean I was if you've ever read my memoir this time next year we'll be laughing you'll know I mean I grew up having jobs and I know right. I've always had more than one job and or more than two in most cases and, I understand uh, that yeah it's so many yeah. of us were like that and so and I was coming home from work and and sometimes getting up in the middle of the night to interview people in Australia or something oh, like that and so that was that was both my that was my journalism career and my training. I was U.S. correspondent for a couple of um, U.K.-based international magazines, and I loved that. And I only stopped doing that around about, um, gosh, I did that for an awfully long time. So it, it must have been around about two thousand six when I, I I was really doing too. I mean, my my work on the series was all embracing. Um, wow. It's interesting yeah. to me that you said, well, you know, I was a teacher and I thought, you know, I can, <laughs> and you're assuming because you know the English language that writing is a snap when truly, even though you were doing reporting, it's very different than writing a book, isn't it? Oh, um, it is. It I, is. I, I, someone tells me, I'm going to have my English professor edit my book and I'm thinking, oh, no. <laughs> oh, like, no, 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 no. Because then it's go going there. to be, yeah. it's going to read like a textbook. It won't read like a story. So um, what did being an English teacher and being a journalist and, and doing what you've done contribute to you writing fiction and some nonfiction as well? The interesting thing is I, I originally trained to be a teacher. So that was having that background in education. But when I came out of teaching, um, it was so funny when I started college in, 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 in Britain, there was an absolutely they couldn't get enough teachers. So it was a sensible job to go into. By the time I left, they, they had more teachers than they knew what to do with. So I did something completely different. And I wanted to travel anyway. Um, but uh, you know what I think I, where I've learned more about writing anything? And that is that I have always loved the personal essay as, 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 a, uh, as a, um, a literary form. I love how you can touch the universal with the personal. Yes. And I love that about fiction as well, that you can yes. I love that about memoir. I love memoir. And um, I, whilst I have never in my life taken a class in fiction, because I never thought I'd ever be a fiction writer. I always thought if I was going to write a book, it would be, you know, a biography or something like that. Um, sure. And memoir, I love memoir, but and the personal essay. And I started writing more of the personal essay. And I think I've learned more about writing from writing the personal essay, you know, learning how to zoom in on yes. a part of the scene, learning that the pattern, and I use this, um, uh, I suppose, uh, these words that the panorama and, you know, learning about character, because if you go anywhere with character, you'll find it in memoir. And I, right. and of course I, I read a lot of memoirs and a part of that is research for my writing as well. Sure. Now, um, do you have to be a, a reader to be a writer? I can't imagine how you would be a writer without being a reader. Because it's all to do with words, isn't it? You know, it's to do with communication. Yes. The more you read, the more you expand your ideas, the more you expand your idea of what is creatively possible in life. And Absolutely. Um, I, I, I can't imagine trying to write a book without reading books. I, I, I mean, you... you 
even if you don't think about things like structure, you take it in. You understand there is a way to structure a story, even if you don't write your stories in that form. Right. You know, you get the idea of character, and uh, um, and there are so many great examples to follow. But I can't imagine, you know, thinking, well, I'm going to write a book. But I've never read one, but I'm going to write one. I'm sure right, people right. have done it very successfully. There's always an exception I, to the rule. I, I guess I don't know anyone who did I that. Never, but I'm, I'm always curious as to everyone's thoughts on it. So, what I, I'm I'm assuming, and I I'm I shouldn't be assuming anything with you, Jackie. Do you start with a character or you start with a scenario? Um, that's a really good question. I, 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 I would have to say character. And there is a scenario, but there's also a theme. Okay. And I recently wrote about this, excuse me, in my newsletter. I do usually do four, about four pre-publication newsletters. And I write about the background to my work. I don't, you know, it's not just, oh, you know, go out and here's my book. And I recently wrote about base themes, and um, I wish I could remember it off my head, but uh, off the top of my head. But uh, John Steinbeck always talked about the base themes in books. Yes, and and he said, and he almost reflected my, I guess, the, the thoughts that I've had about the um, the universal touching the personal. But but you know, he he talked about themes as if they were anchors and anchors to our feelings and how we can understand other people through themes in books. Yes. And certainly with every single one of my books, I would say I've had some sort of theme. Um, in Among the Mad, the theme was, you know, mental illness. Right. And mental illness as a result of trauma. And yes. I also put under the microscope, but with character, it's a story. You know, I'm not, I'm not writing narrative nonfiction here. Right. Um, but, but how women were treated, you know, women who were treated at, say, at the turn of the century, turn of the last century, who, you know, were going through some psychological trauma. Of course. Um, and I've, I've, I've looked at sort of children, which is something I feel very strongly about, and I, I believe that really comes out in The White Lady, you know, the, the plight of children in wartime. Yeah, her connection yeah. to the to the neighbor's daughter is yes. very it's substantial, yeah. and I like it very much. Um, Jackie, what do you need to get yourself in your writing space? What is what are your tools that you use to prepare yourself to sit down with your first draft, or or what is whether you're writing it, handwriting it, or whether you're typing it up? How do you frame your space, and what do you need with you? either emotionally, mentally, or physically with you to start writing? A deadline. Really? <laughs> I, I, work, I work to, to deadlines, but but no, I mean, I, I tell you what I have. I have, um, I'm, I don't go in for rituals, you know, or anything like that. I'm not, okay. I'm not that kind of person. I mean, I, 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 it was really funny once I was asked, you know, do you like candles or something? And I thought, why is it people always ask writers that question, but they never ask doctors? Right. I'd like to think my doctor sits around with a few candles before you're going to the, going into the maybe going into surgery or something, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm just about to sort of work on someone's heart. Maybe I should light a few candles. But um, but um, I, I right. what the I do, spirits too, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just I what have, you don't want to have. <laughs> exactly. I have a rhythm to my day, and I like okay. my. I, I have to, a certain rhythm. I start work by a certain time, and I work to a certain hour. Then I take a break and it's very specific what I do and why I do it. And then I come home and work some more. So here's my day. 
I start writing usually around about 8, 30, 9 o'clock. It used to be earlier when I had a dog. Everything revolved around the dog's morning. And the dog's ritual. I've got to tell you, I bet you there's other writers have this. The dog suddenly looks at you at the hour you're supposed to be at your computer and, and almost have, I think you need to be there. And it's and it's just because they know they can sort of lie at your feet and get comfortable until, right. <laughs> until the next walk. But anyway, <laughs> so. Right. The bathroom exactly. break for the dogs. Exactly. <laughs> it is interesting that you said, do you leave your office to go and write? Do you leave your home to go and write? Or no, do I mean, you... I'm, in a, I'm in a room in my house. You're in a room and, in your house. And, and so I'll, I'll say this and then I'll add something in that, okay, I've, I've got my, my daily rhythm. 8.30 to 9 o'clock I start. And I write until about 12.30, 1 o'clock. I have a bite to eat and I go to ride my horse. And I train in the equestrian sport of dressage. Right. And here's the thing about riding a horse, and apart from the fact that it gets me out of the house and I'm out doing something very physical as opposed to sitting there, is that if your mind is not on what you're doing with that horse, you are going to be in trouble, especially if you're training in a certain way. You've, you've got to be focused. So it takes my, it gets me out of my head into right. a different space. But and then when I've done. Isn't that the same thing with writing? You have to be constantly focused. Otherwise, you're going to wander off and say, I'm going to go look at the window. I'm going to go check the paddocks. I'm going to go, you know. Talk to my horse. Yeah, you know, I am. Whatever. You have yeah. to be disciplined in, no matter what you're doing, I think. Except if you're out walking around for fun, you're taking mm. the dog for a walk. That's different. But I'm a very disciplined person. I yeah, am disciplined. I, I and, and that is probably another hallmark in that um, I know what I've got to do. I know what I've got to get done. <clears throat> and excuse me, I want to get it done. And <clears throat> I want to get it. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm, I've, I've not got anything terrible. I've just got some allergies, I think. Oh, and, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going down with anything. Um, so I'm, I, you know, I'm, I am disciplined and I, I want to be as creative as possible within the realms of my discipline, which is that I, I, I have to get a first draft. And the first draft to me is the clay on the wheel. Right, right. So in terms of my day, you know, I ride my horse, I hang out at the barn a bit, I come home, then I'm ready to get on with the administration that goes with being a writer. Yes, because it's not all, you know, there's the my creative storytelling hat and then there's the other hat. Right. And then I'll do more research and then I'll read, you know, maybe reading books, making notes, looking, thinking about what I've written. I don't revise as I'm going along because that to me is like unpicking your knitting and starting with the wool again. You're going to get really dirty fabric. And that's it. That's it. Really. Uh, it sounds to me like you treat you're writing like a day job you have it is a day job yes. <laughs> it's a day right. job it, 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 that to me makes sense um you have a dedicated space where you're going to go and work uh you won't be distracted by anything else outside of your dedicated space you have a routine for breaks and for lunch and you know what you have to do and at the end of the day you stop and I don't know, maybe you don't, maybe you're on a roll and you go into overtime for work or maybe not, uh, uh, you know, but it sounds, it makes sense to me instead of someone saying, oh, I have an idea and jumping up at two in the morning and going to write it down. I mean, that's, that's fine, but that's not when you write unless that's your discipline. Correct. I, I, I can always remember, and I'm trying to remember who it was. Richard, gosh, the writer who said this was asked about when he writes and he went, well, Monday to Friday, nine to five. 
you know, I mean, and it's because it is my job. It's right. my job. I, um, I have a deadline. I'm a professional writer. I, I also write on assignment for, um, for, for a journal. Um, and I'm, I, I only have to create, you know, write a, a piece maybe once every month or so. Um, but that comes into it, which is nice. It's something else. Um, and I, I just think my routine is really important because, uh, yeah, it, it, as I say, it, it is my, it's both my creative endeavor and my job. Once you're a professional writer. Absolutely. And, and I, I remember my first ever editor, Laura Rushka of Soho Press. I had never, I mean, I've dealt with an editor for my, you know, my right. articles before. I never, I mean, you know, this was a big thing. I had a book editor. and. You know, it was after, you know, that I guess the contract was signed and this was for Maisie Dobbs and it was our first real conversation. She phoned me and, and she she said, well, you know, she did the lovely to have you on board thing and everything. And she says, well, now we've got all the niceties out of the way. This is where I find out if you've got what it takes to be a professional oh. writer. And I thought, oh, gosh. <laughs> and, you know, and and then she said, I am going to, I am your worst idea of a high school English teacher. Oh. She said, I don't care whether my author is a Pulitzer Prize winner, a Nobel Prize winner, or a first-time author. Everybody gets their manuscript back with a lot of red. And she said, then we see how you approach that. And I thought, you know what? You're going to teach me how to be a writer. And kind of reminds did. me of, you know, one of these special operations guy, you, you either go, you know, get dunked in the water or, or, and you sink or swim and you know, you want to ring the bell and leave. Yeah. Oh, well, but you, that, that was important to you to have that. It was, she, she set the bar and I thought, thank goodness, because I, I work well when someone sets a bar and I, I don't, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm one of these people, you live, I don't need me to my, you know, tell me where to go. In a way, tell me. No, I understand. Yeah, where where to rise up to, and I'll work hard to rise up to that. Exactly. Level. You're not going to go from behind. You're going to go forward, and that makes yeah. sense to me. So, Jackie, I want to just for kicks and grins. Um, what's the most fun thing about what you do for your in your job? What do you like the best? I love telling stories. <laughs> I love telling a story. I love <clears throat> creating character and scenes. I love being able to, I love it when I come across something that is, as Joan Didion would call it, gold. And in her book, one of her books, she wrote about seeing, um, she was at some sort of party or other, she was reporting on the Haight-Ashbury phenomenon, you know, during the hippie days. Sure. And there was a kid high on drugs and a very small child. It was some spaced out hippie party. And the journalist said to her, what did you think about that? Or worse that effect? And she said, well, it was gold. And there's that moment, I think, for us all in research or something, when we know we've got gold. And I can give an example of that with the white lady. Please do. Please do. Okay, so, it, I mean, Eleanor is, among other things, she's a trained killer. Yes. She knows what to do with a gun. I have never lifted a gun in my life. Never I have never touched a gun. Right. It's creepy to me. I don't want to do it. And yet, and I bet you I'm not the only writer in this literary form. Oh, I'm sure. Who picks up guns right, left, and center, but has never done it themselves. 
And I thought, I have to know how this feels. So knowing the guy that shoes my horse <laughs> is, is a member of a gun club just for target practice. You know, they, he, he does target practice. I guess, you know, if you're showing horses all day, that's a way to get it off your, out of your system. But, um, and I sort of, I said, do you think you could take me over there one day, you know, just to have a go? And he said, you know, you have to be a member. He said, but, you know, I've, we can do this. I, I can show you. And I went, all right, all right. And so I went round to his house and, and I was also my equestrian trainer was there with the assistant trainer because, you know, they thought this was dead funny. <laughs> and he puts an unloaded gun into my hand and he shows me how to handle it. And and the biggest shock to me was that it was heavy, you know, because, you know, you see the movies and it's like, you know, right, and, right. And except when someone gets a kickback, you don't often go, see them go, ow, that hurt. <laughs> and and I said, this is really heavy. You know, I, I was only, I only did it for five minutes because I mean, for a start when I picked it up and I sort of went, what? And, and my, my trainer and the, the and her assistant, they ran out because they thought she's, even though it's not loaded, we're not taking chances. Taking any chances with Jackie, right? <laughs> yeah, but so we finished this and he said, well, next time we'll, we, I'll put some, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do some target practice. I said, no, I, I've, I've done enough. I said, I've really done it. I can't do any more. I, I, I can't stand this. And he said, yeah, I, I, I get it. And I said, you know, I don't understand why people do this. Yeah. I, I, I just don't get it. And he said, well, you know, for some people, it's what changes you from prey into predator. And I looked Ooh, that's at him. Oh, I like that. I and like I thought, that. Yeah. you've just given me gold. Yeah. You've just given me my gold for, for, go. for this character. And I, I almost want to cry when I think of it because, you know, you know, it's, it's just like I, I, I knew I had something. And probably with every book, there's a piece of research or there's a piece of family history or something someone says that I know is gold. gold. And, there's, and also there's gold that you draw back on. Um, many, I mean, there's a scene in the book where Eleanor is training to basically jump out of an aircraft. I have never jumped out of an aircraft. My idea of an aircraft is sitting there with a glass of champagne, <laughs> you know, having got, having persuaded someone to upgrade me to first class. You know? so, no, no, I would never intentionally <laughs> want to. I don't even just, like getting on planes. It's so it's such a horrible way to travel. I hate it. Anymore. But, it but it's a necessary, you know, to get from point A to point B in a reasonable amount of time. Otherwise, I'd ride a horse, you know. <laughs> absolutely. But many years ago, I I had a um, a boy. I, I was. My boyfriend was in the army and he said, asked me if I would like to go para-ascending. <clears throat> para-ascending. Para oh, para-ascending. Okay. So basically there I, I was on an army range on Salisbury Plain <clears throat> and you have the parachute behind you and you are dragged into the air by a Land Rover driven by a nutcase across <laughs> Salisbury Plain. So there's a guy there training us and it's a, an army sergeant you know, and I actually didn't do it because I was, I got scared. I thought there's no way I, I no, no, I can't I do, wouldn't it. do it either. And do it he either. suddenly said, he taught us how to roll. So we all trained in rolling. We all trained jumping and rolling. And, and he said, and remember to bring your hand, arms in. He said, otherwise you're going to end up like a shorthand typist. And I remembered that. That was the gold for you. <laughs> that was, and that was gold from, 
let me think how many years ago that would have been. Let's say more than I would care to admit. Right. You know, I was in my 20s. That was the gold for you to say, no, no, this is not for me, right? And that was definitely my goal. I thought, I'm not breaking my arms for anybody (laughs) (laughs) or my legs or anything. Although having said that, I have broken my arms falling off horses. But um, but no, it's, it's, and I think um, to your point, it's, it's looking for the gold. I love finding gold because I, I can do wonders with some gold thread in a story as can any writer. As can any writer, we all look for the gold. You know, it's interesting to me that you call it looking for the gold. And I used to, when I, before I started this network 13 years ago, um, I was in the medical profession and we used to go to, for a lot of seminars and everything. And uh, much like anything else, when you're a professional, you hear a lot of the same things over and over again. And one of the doctors that I would go with would say, um, you just have to hear that one thing that's different. That if you yeah. take one thing away that changes the way you deal with patients and, or the way you deal with your, your business, then that's worth the price of going to hear the same thing over and over again. Because you do listen to a lot of the same techniques and information you're taking on. And then someone will say one thing and it sticks. it sticks with me to this day. I've done over 3,000 author interviews and I'm going to remember you for the gold. That's what, <laughs> That's what yeah. I'm going to, well, I'm going to also be reminded of that. We don't both don't like planes and parachutes, but no. No. <laughs> but no. that's what I'll take away from that. Um, I, I want to ask you a final question before we move on. And I let you go back to your job. Um, whose books are on your nightstand right now? Um, I have a book called Britain at War by uh, Dan Todman. And um, I'm reading a very specific part of that. And I'm, I've also been reading, and, and it's a, and I just, just started reading the new Jonathan Kellerman. Yes. Um, I, I, I've got a real crush on his character, Alex Delaware. I get crushes. <laughs> I've got a crush on Louise Penny's, you know, Armand Gamache. Terrible right. crush on him. Well, everybody and, has um, a crush on Armand Gamache. Don't they? Don't they? You oh, yes. That's a very popular theme. <laughs> So, uh, so that one, and also I'm reading, oh gosh, um, what's it called? Uh, and I just, cause I just, um, packed it in a box to put it somewhere. Uh, I'm changing around my books at the moment and it's the song of the cell. Yes. And the book about, yes. Wonderful book. Wonderful oh, fabulous. Book. I love that. I'm, I'm, and if I told you any more, I'd have I'd be giving away what I'm writing next, so I can't. Well, don't give it do away. Anymore. Don't give it away. I'm <laughs> thrilled that you were here, Jacqueline. Oh, experience. me too. Thank Tell you. Everybody, where they can find you on the web, so they can lock into all this information that you so kindly provided. Okay. Um. Well, the place to go it's it's basically my name, JacquelineWinspear.com. Right. And um, you'll see each of my novels listed right there is the white lady. And there's also my memoir because there's a couple of stories there that were gold for me, you know, bringing out right. the gold. They were gold. But um, to find out more about um, the white lady, a good place to go is to click on uh, newsletters and go to my newsletter archive. Okay. Because, uh, for example, just recently I wrote about um, the background to the title which delves into mythology and also World War I history. And, uh, you know, there's something on what, what it was like in post-war Britain because the book opens in 1947. So there's a lot of info, background info, without giving the plot away. 
So thank the you so much. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad to meet you and talk to you, Jackie. Um, listeners and audience, please go and check out Jacqueline Winspear's new book, The White Lady. It is spectacular. Um, you know, you don't have to not like historicals to love the story, especially this book. If you, if you tried Maisie Dobbs and she's not your thing, I don't understand why. This is a fascinating book because of the strong female protagonist in this. I think you're going to enjoy it. So thank you everybody for being with me and we'll see you again soon.